coming to the pulpit. Hallelujah. Amen. What's the word tonight, honey? Praise the Lord. What's Come the word on, tonight? Let me hear you say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. I want to just share with you for a few minutes tonight about a Hebrew word called tamid, T-A-M-I-D, tamid. Look at your neighbor tonight and say, Jesus is our tamid. That's right. He is our everything. Amen? I want us to begin by looking at a passage of scripture that People have not understood or wondered about, but when I began to study this, it really makes so much sense. Look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1, 2, and 3. It says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning nor ending of days, nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. People have studied this scripture for probably centuries. And often, even when I was in Bible school, Bible college, the question was always, who exactly was Melchizedek? And was he real? Was there really a Melchizedek? But as I began to look at this, one of the things that scripture says is Melchizedek had no beginning, no end. He didn't have a mom or dad, no genealogy. You couldn't trace him. So he would have been most likely the incarnate Jesus Christ son of God. Melchizedek met Abraham, but he was a revelation of Jesus in the Old Testament. And what's interesting is it's the first time we can see in the word of God, Jesus as our priest, our king, our Lord. So I wanted to take a minute tonight because he is our everything. The Jewish people look at the word of God as that's where rubber meets the road, that's the bottom line. And in the temple, every day in Bible times, they would offer lambs as a sacrifice. They would offer the lamb in the morning, to start the day of sacrifice, and they would offer a lamb without blemish at night to close the sacrifice. 
And daily offerings went on. One to start the day, one to end the day, every day. How many of you are so glad we don't live in those times anymore? That you don't have to go come here to church and bring your lamb and watch it be slaughtered and the blood drained. How many of you are so glad we don't do that anymore? And yet that was the ritual of the temple back in the day. But one of the things that we begin to see that is so familiar and so in comparison is that Jesus was our forever sacrifice. Jesus is our always and forever. And that word tamid in Hebrew translates always and forever. How many of you would say, yep, he's our always and forever sacrifice? There's nothing greater, no greater sacrifice. What I want you to see tonight, let's look at Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus never said a word when it came time to going through what he went through. He had to become our always and forever sacrifice. I want you to gain tonight an incredible appreciation for the communion table. We're going to receive the communion table tonight, but I want you to understand the sacrifice. We don't understand, I don't think at times, what really went on. Interesting point. When the shepherds were in the fields and the angel appeared, and we just celebrated Christmas, so we've just celebrated the holiday where the angels came to the shepherds in the field and revealed to them where the child lay in the manger, the one who would be the savior of the world. Didn't you think it was interesting that the shepherds didn't question, what are you talking about? What, what savior? Hey, what's that angel doing? What is he saying? They saw the star. And they followed the star of Bethlehem. Do you know that just last week you could look out your night sky for the first time in thousands of years, and it will not happen again for thousands of years. And you could see the star of Bethlehem out your night sky. I saw it. It was incredible. There's something going on in our atmosphere in our world, with our God, he is doing incredible things this year. I mean, let's, let's be honest. How many of you have ever seen the Star of Bethlehem before? But in our generation, we're seeing incredible, impossible, unimaginable things. He came, the angels came to the shepherds. I want you to understand something that, that you don't see in the word of God. Those shepherds that he came to, that the angels appeared to, those weren't just shepherds. They were called Levitical shepherds. 
They were shepherds that had been trained and raised up to only take care of little lambs that were without spot or blemish. So when those angels appeared to those particular shepherds, they already understood what he was talking about. They knew what the angels were talking about because they had been raised up and trained that there would be a lamb without spot or blemish that would usher in the birth of the Messiah. Wow. Those shepherds were prepared, so they were prepared to bring gifts to come and see the babe in the manger. They were prepared to come and see the Tamid, the forever and always number one sacrifice for their lives. Look with me at 1 Peter 1.18. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see Jesus in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He's the only sacrifice. He was as a lamb slain without spot or blemish. How many of you thank God for that? See, get this in your spirit. Focus with me on the blood and the lamb and the forever sacrifice of Jesus. Because we can take it so lightly because we hear about it all the time. It's part of everything we believe. So you say to people, do you believe that Jesus died for you, rose again? They all say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But get in a total picture of what he did for us. He not only died and rose again, he had to meet all kinds of criteria in order to be the Tamid, the forever and always sacrifice. He had to be without spot or blemish. That word to me means always, forever. It means continual. It means perpetual. Jesus, that's it. He'll always and forever be the only sacrifice for your sin. Listen to me. We've got to get deep in our spirit this year that he is everything in our lives. Because this life is a vapor. You're here, and then you're not. This life is a few short years, and when you're looking at eternity, I've been just really spending that time with him in prayer, and I'm getting the reality, and I don't know, maybe it's the older you get. You just begin to think, wow, I'm 65. I can't live 65 more years. Don't want to. How many of you are getting it? I mean, when I was in my 20s, all of that, well, I can live another 25 years. I can live 
You can't live another 65 years, not, re not in reality. Our life is a vapor. I just got a letter the other day from uh, a, young, uh, a man who is in prison for life. And Bishop and I correspond with him. And he said in the letter, he goes, well, Dr. Cheryl, I only got 25 more years. He's 50. He says, I will get out of prison when I'm 75. He says, and I pray I can do something for God when I'm 75. And I wrote him back and I said, you can do something for God now. You can tell everybody in that prison about Jesus. You can pray and really seek God's face because you got nothing but time. But in reality, his life's a vapor. We got to understand that. Life's a vapor, man. This life's over, and then there's eternity. I've had people say to me, well, I want to live and have my best life and have fun now. Good luck. Because how many of you have found that is so short and fleeting and lasts for a second? But every day in Christ counts. Every day counts for something. You better take every day and don't kick it to the curb. Use it for the kingdom because he's going to ask us, what did you do with January 3rd, 2021? I remember that day I, I saw you, you were just doing absolutely nothing. What did you do with that day in the end? How many of you would say, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning? But every day in him counts. He is our always and forever sacrifice. He covers every sin. He takes care of every need, every problem, every answer. I don't know how people live without Jesus. How many of you know unsaved people? How many of you would think, how do they do it? How do they get out of bed in the morning? Because we're nothing without him. Say, he's my forever sacrifice. Secondly, he's our always and forever king. As we look at Melchizedek, it's interesting because Melchizedek was the only one outside of David who was priest and king. See, the only one that can fit that bill is Jesus Christ. He was priest and king. He's our high priest. He's our king of kings. I love this saying that I found. It says, if you want to get along with God, stay off his throne. Isn't that the truth? If you want to get along with God, stay off his throne. How many 
times do we try to get on the throne and take care of this and this? And we'll look at God and say, you can go take care of Susie over there because I got this covered. He says, up, get off my throne. How many of you want to get along with God? He's got to be king. He's got to be king. You got to surrender. Oh, but God, I can take care of this. No, you can't. No, you can't take care of nothing. We have to surrender because who's totally, always, and forever tamid in control? God's in control. There's so much fear in this nation, so much garbage. Who's in control? God. I, I don't really care. I don't really care who's got what and who's doing what and who's in charge. I care one thing, that Jesus Christ is Lord and that this nation will bow to the name of Jesus. And it will. It will. He has to be ruler. Listen, a king, when you look up the definition of a king, one of the definitions is ruler. And the other one of the definitions is has a kingdom. So how can we be kings? How many of you got a kingdom? None of us have a kingdom. I remember when the kids were little and Bishop was on the board of directors for our condo association. And when we would drive in to the condo complex, Bishop would look at the girls and say, I'm the presidente of this complex. And they would start giggling and laughing, and they'd say, Dad, you're not. He says, I'm the presidente. But how many of you have found your earthly kingdom really amounts to nothing? And if you got a kingdom, you're really serving. Because our king serves. A real king serves his people. He doesn't seek to be served. Our king is an awesome king. He's an always and forever king. He's a tamid. How many of you thank God he's our king? Say, Jesus is our always and forever sacrifice. He's our tamid. Say, he's our always and forever king. He's our tamid. The third thing is he's our priest. Look with me at Psalm 110.4. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. See, he's the priest. Melchizedek was king and priest. And then look at Hebrews 6.20. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. See, don't ever wonder who Melchizedek was. He was Jesus in the Old Testament. He's the revelation of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament because Jesus was king and priest. How many of you thank God you have a priest 
that knows everything, that takes care of everything, and is over your life. When we were children, we were part of the Catholic Church. And one of the things I remember, I know all the junk that's gone on in the Catholic Church, but I'll tell you what, the parish I grew up in was awesome, and the priest we had was awesome. And I'll never forget Father Sear was his name. And when my grandmother was passing, she died at home, and I think I was only five. He came to the house, and he prayed with my parents, and he prayed with me. And I'll never forget that because he was a true priest. He served the people. And now you could never get, you can't get a doctor to make a house call generally, let alone a priest. But I'll never forget, we called him and we said, you are our priest. Could you come and pray over my grandmother as she passes and pray, you know. And uh, he was right there at the door and came in and prayed with everybody and sat there for a good hour till she passed. Just consoling the family. Thank God for priests, true priests. Jesus is there for you no matter what. Jesus is your priest. You call on Jesus and he will comfort you through the power of his Holy Spirit. He will surround you. He will give you wisdom. He's everything. He is our Tamid. Tonight, I want to take the communion table. I want you <clears throat> to see this clip before we do. It's from Narnia, the movie Narnia. And it is called Another Name. And <clears throat> the thing about Narnia is those movies by C.S. Lewis, they're based on the writings of C.S. Lewis. We see God in a, in a different light. But I want you to see in this clip Aslan, the, the lion, and his precious gentleness, but also he's fierce. He's a lion. But that is our God. That is our Jesus. He's fierce like a lion when he needs to be, but he's as gentle as a lamb. Watch this. Learn to know me by it. 
That was the very reason you were brought to Narnia. That by knowing me here for a little, you may know me better there. Will we meet again? Yes, dear one. One day. brings us close to him so that we can know him. We have to know him this year. How many of you have spent 2020 knowing him? Yeah. That's one thing good about this mess we've been through. It's given us that time with God and forced us into that secret place. But I want you to commit in your heart to do the same this year. Get to know Jesus like none other. Let's receive the communion table tonight. Can we distribute it to everyone? Stewards. is something we should celebrate as often as we want. He even says that in his word, as often as you partake. I love the communion table. Bishop and I take the communion table every day. God revealed to me so many years ago when we first started out in deliverance that Communion was a weapon of warfare against the powers of darkness. So we incorporated it also into the seminar, into deliverance and inner healing. The enemy must bow to the blood and the name. I want you to begin to consider doing likewise. Take it often. They covered the doorposts of their homes in the Old Testament with the blood. When you take communion daily, you do it as an act of faith. And you do it in remembrance of what he did for you. It's important. It's not just a tradition. It's not just a ritual. It is life-giving. It is protection. It is 
blessing to us when we partake. He says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it. In remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. How many of you tonight are willing to just pour your heart out to him? And I want you to just take a minute and I want you to just examine your heart. He washes away sin. He takes sin and puts it as far as the east is from the west and they never meet. So it's gone. So take a few moments. Lord, we just come before you and we empty our hearts tonight. We choose to forgive anyone that's hurt us, offended us. As an act of faith tonight, Jesus, we empty our hearts. We ask for that gift of repentance. Cleanse us. Forgive us. Heal us. We stand in the gap tonight, Lord, for not just ourselves, but we ask for forgiveness for our kids, for our mates, for our Extended family, we ask for forgiveness, Lord, for the body of Christ. We stand in the gap. We ask you to forgive this nation. Wash us tonight in your precious blood, Jesus. We right now cut off the enemy. He can't even come near because he has to bow to the name and the blood of Jesus. So he's cut off, eradicated from our presence. We thank you for what you did for us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We give thanks tonight, Lord. And we take every sin, the words of our mouth, if we've criticized or judged unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, that fear, that doubt, that unbelief, lack of trust, we lay it at the foot of our cross, at our cross of Jesus, and we eradicate it. Forgive us, Lord, for rebellion.
and disobedience and oh the pride the pride of this nation God we lay it at your feet and now Lord we just thank you for the broken body and the shed blood we thank you that as we partake of it tonight it is an act of faith but it also gives us access to the throne of grace Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we remember what you did, and we remember in 1 Samuel 7 that as they made offerings, so God, as an act of faith, we make offering tonight, the greatest offering, your shed blood, your broken body. That God, you turn the enemy on himself. They destroyed themselves. God, we turn the enemy on himself tonight. We ask you, let him destroy himself. Let him destroy every spirit of hell himself. And we give you thanks for that, God. You are our priest. You are our king. You, Jesus, are our always and forever sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Go ahead and receive the elements tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand tonight. If you need prayer tonight, come to the altar. We're here to pray with you. I am so thankful for Jesus Christ in my life. How many of you are thankful? Amen. I want you to have a spirit-filled week. You should be charged with the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go tonight, be mindful we have some refreshments. And uh, look at someone tonight and say, He is my Tamid. Amen? Awesome. There's a basket right here in the front if you'd like to drop a seed offering. Or if you have tithe that you wanted to give that you haven't had a chance to give this year for, for 2020, you can give that and you'll get the credit for 2020 still. We just love you. We're so glad you're a part here. And we ask that you just have an awesome week in Christ. Amen? YouTube and Livestream family, we love you. We're so glad you're a part of us. See you soon. God bless.